Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. Sitting next to me is my co-host and husband, Scott, and we are really excited to introduce you to our special guest. He is a dear friend of ours, Chad Hymas. We talk about him a lot on our show. We we quote him. Um, he's just truly inspirational. In fact, the Wall Street Journal calls Chad Hymas one of the 10 most inspirational people in the world. In 2001, at the age of 27, Chad's life changed at an instant when a 2,000-pound bale of hay shattered his neck, leaving him a quadriplegic. But Chad's dreams were not paralyzed that day. He became an example of what is possible. Chad travels the world inspiring, motivating, and moving audiences, creating an experience that touches hearts for a lifetime. He is one of the youngest ever to receive the Council of Peers Award for Excellence and to be inducted into the prestigious National Hall of Fame. And Chad is married to his high school sweetheart, Shondell. And they have four children. So welcome to Life in 22 Minutes, Chad. Thanks, Scott and Becky. Uh, good to visit with um, the both of you. I appreciate all the nice things you just said, but that's not... Um, not even in, uh, it doesn't even parallel what what you two are doing in the good in the world. I, I, I it's always good to hang around people that want to do good for other people, and so I am uh, I'm honored to be your guest. Uh, thank you for hosting me. Let's get to it. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. And uh, as Becky was reading this, I thought this friendship and and all the the similarities that we share in life are, are just so close. We we both love elk. We got to just get right off the bat with saying that. <laughs> and, yeah. No, it's kind of funny. I broke my neck in, in the middle of the elk field. So we both love elk, love the outdoors. I, uh, I see pictures of you posted all the time. Even if you don't have something in your bag, you've got pictures of the outdoors, the pine trees, the aspen, God's country. That um, Maybe that's probably a proper way to start off. Well, we've had lots of, and I don't want to make this a negative, but I, I hope everybody's thoughts and prayers, whatever your faith is, is with um, the good country of Napa Valley um, in California where Lots of homes and and and, and good green earth has, has been uh, been uh, been been burned to ash. Um, we don't know the reasons for that. I, I, I don't think we need to know the reasons for that. But nonetheless, it gives us all an opportunity to find a way to help somebody out. And and you don't have to live in California to do that. And so I just my, that, that's where my mind has been at the last few days. It's where my heart's been. I'm not from California. I don't live there. I just know that if I woke up. And 15 minutes later, somebody was knocking on my door to get out because my house is going to burn down. I would, I, I don't know what I would do. And, and we have literally hundreds of thousands of people. And so then this is not a negative thing. This is always, there's always an opportunity to serve. My, my heart has been full for, for, for that part of the world. Uh, there's lots of different parts of our world that are going through um, lots of needs right now. I don't know, think we've ever seen a time like this, at least in my lifetime, where it seems like every day something new is happening that that we didn't expect or, and that we didn't we didn't plan on. So I just wanted to, to you know I know we're just a couple minutes in, but I, I wanted to give that thought because you and I do enjoy the outdoors. We do love God's God's nature and God's gift to us, and and uh, it's affected a lot of people. 
So. We, we do, and that sets up exactly the name of your book, uh, Doing What Must Be Done. That is just such a, a strong point of yours. You, you're, Right now, you're, you're, your thoughts are going to these people because this is the thing that needs to be done right now, is, is taking care of our brothers and sisters in California, doing what must, must be done. No, yeah, I think that's what my dad said to me in the hospital when I woke up. You know, he said, are you going to just be average like everybody else that doesn't donate, doesn't contribute? Of course, I'm relating that to everybody that's listening to our cast right now, but, but are you, you going to be like everybody else that, that, that sees the problem, but because it's not their house, their location, their state, they're just going to stay stagnant? My dad said that to me. Are you just going to sit there in that stupid wheelchair like everybody else does? Or, you know, are you going to do what you need to do to be a better husband, to be a better father and a better coach and, to, to do those things that would separate me from other people because um, they didn't want me to be average. So I, I'm assuming that you guys don't do this podcast to make people be average. I'm assuming you do this <laughs> to help people better themselves. I would have to assume that. So Absolutely. And, and Chad, we've talked often about you on this podcast, so people are aware of who you are. But just – and Becky briefly touched on the fact that uh, you are a quadriplegic and – You've also mentioned that that's how you broke your neck. So I, I, I was reading your book again this morning, just trying to touch on, touch on some highlights, because the thing that really stood out in my mind is I'm, I'm kind of a MacGyver kind of guy. I, I take pride in my common sense. And as I read your book, and I, and I read that you had a, a one-ton bale, 2,000 pounds of hay sitting on top of you, and you could hardly uh, even muster up a breath, and, and you just had to focus and count to try to, to stay alive. And you sat there under that weight, and as the people, you could hear the people around you saying, how do we get this bale off of him? Here, let's lift. And nobody could lift. And then you said, cut the strings. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've been around animals for how long of my life? I've hauled hay. I've moved hay. I've done all these things. And in my mind, I was thinking, what would I do in that situation? How would I get that hay off? And I thought, cut the strings. You cut the strings, it becomes segmented. All that hay just falls apart, and you can take it off a little bit at a time. And I was just almost angry at myself for not thinking of that. Uh, anyway, beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, as you talked about the people and the, the burden they carry, and they're not willing to cut the strings. I think there's a positive, you know, there's a great message there. Um, going, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. There's a reason why they did they chose not to do that. Uh, because of the positioning of the bale on my body. And, and I know we don't need to dig in the weeds, on, on, at least on this podcast, but because of the positioning where my, my head was entrusted through the shafts that come up through the, the, the steering wheel, they chose not to cut the strings. So they didn't think about it, but they were worried that that would, that would break my neck even more. And they, they knew I was barely alive at that point, And they would worry they were going to lose me. I mean, when you talk about a one ton bale of hay, that's better. That's bigger than an SUV. And so they didn't want to lose me. That, that bale had to go straight up, which takes me to my next point. I mean, there was eight men there. There was five cowboys, because we live out in cowboy country, and three Utah State troopers. That's eight men that bared the weight of 380 pounds each. I mean, we're not talking about bodybuilders or guys that go to the gym every day necessarily. These guys, they, they, they pull calves. They herd cattle together. They, you know, cops are on the run moving, you know, whatever. In other words, I'm just trying to say that the question becomes valid. How were eight men able to deadlift 380 each? That's a lot of weight. And I, and I, I have a couple of thoughts regarding that that I think might have value to our folks listening today. Number one, I will never deny the power of a higher being ever. Um, uh, so that, that, that's definitely something that, that I, I believe in. 
number two, if just one man drops out, if just one man doesn't, doesn't carry his, his share of the weight out of the eight, guess who carries the rest of that? I mean, guess who carries the rest of that burden? Yeah. The rest of the, the other seven, likewise in our families and in our homes. Um, if just somebody, I don't know, uh, be an obstruction in the family or bad talk mom, who does that affect? That affects everybody else. And in the corporate world, if just one person chooses not to, to carry their load in the team building process and in the teamwork process, or if one ch- person chooses not to believe in the company values, that affects everybody else on the team. And so it's important that we, that we maintain that cohesiveness. That doesn't mean we always have to have the same beliefs. We all have different beliefs, but that's okay. But the values can change. Let me rephrase that. We, the beliefs can change. Values should not. So I'll, I'll, name, I'll name, name a couple. Some, some things that can change are beliefs. I mean, Scott and Becky, you've had to change some of yours. Uh, uh, I've had to change some of mine in my lifetime. Beliefs are okay. Attitude, that's okay. Um, behavior, perfectly fine to change. But the value of family should never change. The, 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 the value of God first, in my opinion, should never change. The values that we have in our country, those are, those are values that are core values that should never, ever be compromised. Um, but behaviors and even belief systems, what we believe about certain topics, certain subjects, um, uh, spiritual beliefs, those are changeable. Um, and, and so I think that's important. And then, you know, just the, the third and final thing is adrenaline and, and proactive versus reactive. It's amazing what happens when, I mean, if you were to come home and pull in the driveway and you saw one of your children or your grandchildren forbid stuck in the window well of the house. You're going to run over there and you're going to grab the child and get the child out. Or God forbid, if you were driving down the road and you and Becky were together and you happen to come upon a yellow bus, school bus that's tipped over and kids are trapped, you'll go help because you're good people. Any of us would. We would, I mean, look what happened just last week in Las Vegas. Look at the people that covered up other people and took bullets. That, that, that is admirable. And I don't want to take away anything from those people or those that did that. And, and, and I'm, I'm inspired by that. But there comes to the realization that very few of us in comparison will go through something like that. Very few of us are going to have to take a bullet for somebody else. Very few of us are going to come upon a yellow bus. So I like that, that third piece, proactive versus reactive. Having enough adrenaline before the bale of hay falls on top of our lives to make sure that our values are there, that the family knows that we love them, that, that, that we're, you know, for me, saying my prayers to my family on a daily basis, um, putting other people's needs before myself. I just, I think that, again, back to those three go hand in hand. And so, you know, carrying your burden or taking more than your burden, bearing more than your, your share, that's number one. Those guys did that when they lifted that bail off me. Number, number two is being willing to compromise beliefs and behaviors without without compromising our values. And number three is be proactive versus reactive. Go find someone to serve today. I mean, uh, you don't have to give anybody money, but just, just find someone to send a text to or send a, send a message to or to tell somebody they look nice today or, you know, pay a compliment to somebody. Something simple like that could change somebody's life. So it's, uh, it's definitely changed mine. That, that's beautiful. And, and speaking of changing your life, you know, once – a landscaper who had all of his faculties, everything was working wonderful. And to all of a sudden you were laying in a hospital. You just wanted to take your life. You, you were done. You wanted to check out. You saw no reason that you could add value to this life. And, and a person a, 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 that became a friend of yours, Art Berg, 
uh, another quad changed your life, had that one moment that changed your life. Uh, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, he did what he did what we just talked about. I mean, my dad called his office because my dad had seen Art speak at a convention uh, a month or two earlier, and my dad wanted more materials on top of what he purchased at the convention where Art spoke because my dad's son now had just become like Art. So that's all well and good. Dad ordered them. Dad paid for them. Um, you know, here's the cool thing is Art delivered that. You know, he, he didn't send it UPS. He didn't send it FedEx. He didn't send it. He delivered that. And that, that one small, almost insignificant to most people, and behind the scenes, nobody saw, and I didn't pay him to show up. What he did for me changed my entire future. Um, Art has since left us and moved on to the next life, um, but his legacy lives on. And I, I take that very, very seriously. Um, it's very sacred to me. Um, it's amazing what you hold sacred when you've gone through something like that. Very, very spiritual to me. Um, while, while a lot of people aren't religious, it's okay to be spiritual. Um, I do believe we, that all of us human beings have that, that commonality. Um, you know, Art, Art delivered that. He showed me some small things and some tricks on how to get by each day. Told me that the depression would never leave. But the more I focused on other people, the less the depression would mean to me. That's why he went to the hospital. He was having a rough day, and when he focuses on other people, his depression, that's his medication. And hence, it's been that way for me. I've been paralyzed now for 17 years. I still get down. I mean, I'm in a hotel room right now as we speak this morning, and, and, and I'm by myself. I'm lonely. I'm just being honest. I've been on the road for 17 days. I'll see Shondell and the kids tomorrow night. Um, depression doesn't ever leave anybody. Um, some have it worse than others, but the best medicine for me is to, to find someone to visit with and to talk to or to make a phone call to one of my kids or just to talk to somebody, just to visit. doesn't mean I have to pour my burdens out on them. Just, I, just wanted to, I just want to go find someone to help or to serve. Or to, so, you know, thanks for being my medicine this morning because I'm not focused on being alone. <laughs> I thought of that as we were having this conversation. I thought, yeah, this has to be... Better than value, better, better than heroin. You guys are much better than marijuana. <laughs> but it's all these people out there that are getting a taste of Chad Hymas that we just, we love um, that this is happening. And it's because uh, a moment in time changed your life that wasn't something that you asked for. It wasn't something you wanted. But I've heard you say, looking back, that you wouldn't change a thing. No, I mean, I, I'd have to give everything I've learned. I think when, I think people find out their greatest potential in their moments of challenge, not their moments of comfort. Um, you know, Mark Twain has a saying, or he is known as quoted uh, by saying that the two most important days of your life are the day that you were born and the day that you find out why you were born. And too many people die without finding out that second day. And so I, I think I have, I, I don't, I, I don't know that I can define it for you for sure, because th there, there aren't words in our language to explain it, but I feel like I'm living my second day. I feel like I, uh, I found a, a purpose in my life that I can't deny and that I have to keep pushing forward and do all that I can to, to get it done before I, before I leave this life, whenever that time is. And so I, I need to, I need to keep, keep, keep pushing and, and, and keep, uh, that doesn't mean push to the point to where I'm too weary and tired and, and lose, lose my core values. Never God, country, family, and friends. If all I do is push, 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 and fly around, and I lose my core value over, in other words, I, I lose my wife because of, I'm, I'm traveling, I haven't gained anything. 
And so I've got to make sure that the core values stay in place. So really right. that's my only job is to make sure the core values stay in place, right? My family, my family stays, stays together and despite different beliefs, uh, you know, I, all my kids are different. All your kids are different. Everybody's got different kids. That, that's okay. We're not allowed to judge that. Um, but, but the value of family must stay intact, has to stay intact. Yeah. Well, otherwise the family becomes, the family becomes destroyed. I mean, you, you can, you can share that. You know that. Yeah. Family's got, family's most important. Um, absolutely. We know that. And you've touched on your, your wife, Shondale, you know, the beautiful wife. She was your high school sweetheart. You have four children. Your younger two have been adopted. Talk a little bit about your family. I am grateful for Shondell. I am, I don't like her help, um, but that's because I have too much pride. But I am grateful for it. You know, in the ceremony, we we say through good times and hard times, and people commit to that. But I don't think that anybody plans on the person that they marry taking care of their every need or helping them get dressed or shower or bathe or bathroom care or what have you. And so, you know, I, I do a lot of that on my own on the road, um, but it takes a while. And I'm, and I'm cool with it. It makes my body lucid. When I, and makes it makes it more flexible. That's good. Uh, it's a good exercise. How's that? When I'm home, Shondell does not like me to spend the time doing that. She'd rather have me spend the time with the family. So she, um, in her kind-hearted way, likes to help me with those needs that take me extra time because of my um, my lack of dexterity in my hands. And so, uh, one thing I have not mastered, and I I just I'm, I struggle. Um, is surrendering to that. That, that. I know that it sounds easy, but it is not easy for me to do. I have a very hard time succumbing to that, you know, that, that humility that I need to have. And so anyway, uh, Shondell's great. Ace is our oldest. He was uh, three when I broke my neck. Um, and then we have Kyler and then the two adopted. And my family means everything. And I know we're hitting that 22-minute mark, but I just want my family means a lot to me. You can, you can see pictures of them on social media. I appreciate the fact that you're talking about your family. And something that I want to point out is the day that you took your last steps. It was the day that Kyler took his first steps. Yeah. Ever since then, though, you have been helping people all around the world take their first steps. Uh, you've been able to get them the confidence, the, the security in themselves to take steps, to find out why they were born, their, their, the why the things that you just talked about. Uh, you, you talk about that you don't like the fact that Shondell has to help you, but yet, on the other hand, you have a lot of people who trust in you that you've helped them take their first steps to get out of their paralysis, to, to move. Including us. He's the one that Absolutely. inspired us to, to do what we're doing. We, we, we would not be doing this if it wasn't for you. Absolutely, 100%. Uh -huh. Or it would have taken us longer to figure I, out that we needed to do it. Well, I am, um, Becky, you've been doing this because of your service to the high school, middle school kids teaching seminary uh, forever. And so um, I, I think you've been doing it a long time. I, 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 um, I never thought of it that way. I mean, yes, I, I have talked about Kyler taking his first steps the same day that I took my last. But I have never, ever thought about me helping other people find their first steps. I've never, that, that question has never been asked to me in all the interviews. It's never been written about, never been blogged about. I am, I've never heard it put that way. So I'm, I'm a little bit caught off guard with that. I am a little bit um, feeling, feeling good about my purpose when you put it that way, um, in, in a non-arrogant way. And, and if that is indeed what I am doing, then there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know how to say it better than that, that Scott. I probably should leave it at that. 
All right. Well, you're a beautiful man. You've got such a gift and talent that probably wouldn't have been tapped into had you still been doing sprinkler systems and planting shrubs. And it's, it's awesome to see the things that you've accomplished and the things that you've done and, and doing what must be done. And one thing, Chad, that I, I hear you say time and time again is that this isn't about you. When you leave this meeting, it's about who you influence, who you help, who you lift. That's right. I, I, in all my meetings, it's never about the people in the audience. It's never about me and my story. It's about the people that will benefit from those that are listening to you. I think the same can be said about other conferences that we all go to. I mean, there's a big conference going on right now in Salt Lake City. I, I think, Becky, you're attending that conference, and when you leave that conference, others will benefit because of what you're sharing with them that that conference shares with you. I think that's the whole reason that we go to the conference. We don't go. Yes, we get perks. We get to listen to Maroon 5. That's who's playing at the New Skin Conference in Salt Lake this last Wednesday night. We get, we get to hear some great speakers, and, that, and those are perks. But I think that the real benefactors of when we go to church every Sunday or Saturday or whenever you go to church, or the, the real benefactors of listening to a good book on tape are those that are inspired by what we're inspired to do because of what we're either reading or what we're seeing. Chad, thank you for being with us today and for sharing your principles and values and your determination to make this world a better place. May we all follow your example. Yes, thank you, my friend. Thanks a lot, Scott. Becky, thank you as well. Love you, buddy. Take care. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.